To see the elements of theater come to life on stage is an experience that one may never forget. The scenery, lights, costumes, and sound all come together to physically enhance a presence. But what about a supernatural presence? It seems like every good theater has a ghost, and in Hollywood, they have an all-access pass. Theaters all over America play host to a great number of ghosts that range from the precocious to the frightening and even the tragic. Hollyweird Paranormal takes you down Hollywood Boulevard, past the Walk of Fame, and into the suburbs of Pasadena in episode 15 of famous Haunted Hollywood Theaters. So ladies and gentlemen, it's 10 minutes till showtime. Make sure you make your way to your seats and please don't mind the spirits. You never know, you might end up sitting next to one. So sit back and relax and enjoy the show. doing that voice i don't know <laughs> i thought it made me sound cool it doesn't i'm jason bishop host of the invasion of the remake podcast with co-host sam stepanenko and trish Coughlin. join us each week as we rotate talking about your favorite films and their not so favorite remakes we'll also dig deep to find forgotten films that we think are more worthy of remaking complete with our own fantasy casting you can get all 130 episodes and counting on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play Music, TuneIn Radio, Player FM, and all the best podcast providers, even freaking YouTube. For the low, low price of absolutely nothing, join the invasion. Subscribe today. Or we'll blow up your planet. Hey, guys. Hello. Welcome back. We missed you so much. Where have you been? I know. It's only been a millisecond, hasn't it? <laughs> it is hot. It's warm. Mm-hmm. I feel very warm. Yeah, <laughs> it's about to get like really hot in yeah. LA. I keep telling myself because we had like a skosh of rain this winter, <laughs> just a skosh. That like, oh, this will be a mild summer. No, <laughs> idiot, you are fooled. <laughs> it gets hotter towards the end of July or in mm-hmm. midst of July, and then of course August is like unbearable. Well, we've got like June gloom, which I knew was always like that's not real, but it really is. No, like, it's real. I, I still wear 60, sweaters. Yeah, like sixties and cloudy all of June, and you're like, this is kind of weird. It isn't this summer, right? And then you get to July, and it's like, oh, you wanted summer? You're gonna get <laughs> summer. Like, no, please. <laughs> it's horrible. It is horrible. I'm like <laughs> wearing like my chanclas, my mm, sandals. Yeah. <laughs> having like this debate in my head should I go out naked no the problem is is that it's not only that it's just hot but we're stuck with this now until November yeah like happy Thanksgiving you're gonna be sweating as much as that turkey like good luck (laughs) good luck plus we live in the valley aka the desert Mm -hmm. aka Porn Valley. <laughs> yeah. I feel like everyone's like, are you complaining about how nice it is? Like, this is, a, yeah, humble brag. La, la, la. <laughs> All right, guys. So we're going to be talking about famous, haunted Hollywood theaters. Ooh, Bryce is like, I'm okay with this. Yeah, just prepare for a lot of squealing into the microphone as per usual. <laughs> Season one, we gave you famous haunted Hollywood apartments. Yes. So this year we decided, well, this year, this season, season. we decided to give you famous haunted hollywood theater so real quickly grab your fanny packs grab some singles make sure you're wearing comfortable shoes because you're going to take a walk with us down hollywood boulevard and then we're going to catch an uber really soon to go to pasadena love it love it all right so we're going to start with the first theater the pantages yes pantages which is off of hollywood boulevard is our first 
Stop Guys is located off of 6233 Hollywood Boulevard, and the Pantages was built by Alexander Pantages, and the theater opened its doors in June of 1930, hosting some of the best live shows around the theater, is popular today as it was in recent tours, and we've had tours such as Kinky Boots, Aladdin, and our favorite Hamilton. Yes, I had season tickets last year to the Pantages, and oh, it was lucky. the best birthday gift. Like, oh my, my god, which yeah. one did you, what shows did you see? Everything. Uh, the only one I didn't see was um, An American in Paris because I was out of town. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was amazing. I always wanted to go see a show, but I don't have the $800 to shell out for yeah, I mean, our such seats, a performance. <laughs> yeah, our seats were very far in the back. And the only reason that we did the uh, season pass was to get Hamilton tickets, essentially. Because yeah. instead of having to wait for Hamilton tickets to go on sale and uh-huh. like hope that you get them and pay like $1,200, <laughs> we paid, I think it was 600 or four, four to 600 I forget which number is in my head, um, for the whole season. Oh, wow. Guaranteed tickets, the same seats for every show that you go see. You basically like have a night. So like the third Sunday of every show is your night. And then you got to see like other fun shows that like I definitely wouldn't have gone and seen on my own. Mm-hmm. So it was like really fun. And the Pantages is beautiful. It is gorgeous. I've been inside it's of amazing. it. I've been inside because we have a, well, kind of a mutual friend now. <laughs> remember Nick? Because he used to work there. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember him telling me crazy stories. Yeah. Which is why this is our first stop. I love it. I mean, let's just start with the fact that all theaters are haunted. Like, I believe that in my heart of hearts. Like, oh, yeah. Actors like attention and that doesn't stop when we die like we (laughs) need attention so like of course we haunt theaters like of course before we go into the pantages theater do you have a ghost story of your own in a theater that you worked in or acted in real quickly what was it i have several the theater that i worked in in indiana oh shit was super haunted now what theater is that because we have a lot of listeners from indiana yes so if anyone's in the warsaw area this is like such a free promo (laughs) um that's fine uh, the Wagon Wheel Theater is in Warsaw, Indiana, and mm-hmm. it is right off I-30, and it is the best little theater. Obviously, I'm super biased, but it is theater in the round. It's right in the heart of, like, downtown Warsaw. Or not downtown, but just, like, right in the cute little area. And it's such a beautiful, amazing theater. They have, like, the best shows. I was always so honored to, like, work there mm-hmm. because they, like, hire a lot of people from Chicago. So it's, like, very high-quality oh, summer yeah. rep Chicago theater. Chicago got some dope oh, yeah. theater. Yeah. Goodman Theater. I have friends that work there. Amazing stuff. So if you ever, like, have a chance, they have, like, concert series that go through there. Mm-hmm. A lot of, like, bluegrass and country singers go through there. Cool. And then during the summer, they have their summer stock, which is always, like, Super high caliber. Yeah, love it, right? (laughs) Um, And so when we were working there, uh, there were several instances of just like kind of general like type spirituality. And then uh, every year they do a holiday show. And one year the director, he was like the artistic director slash director, he died very suddenly like days before we opened oh wow yeah it was really sad um roy hines he was like a pillar of the theater community and he was such a sweet and crazy man all at the same time like so supportive and like if he gave you a compliment like you knew he meant it because he was so crazy all the other times (laughs) um and so he died and it like really rocked the theater and the community in general Mm -hmm. and we all kind of rallied together to make sure that the show still got put up for the holidays. Yeah. And uh, several people, myself included, saw him after he had passed <gasps> throughout the theater. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And Are you sure he didn't have a twin brother? I'm very sure. Okay. Yes, I can trust. <laughs> I checked. Um, and then there were other, like, more general, like, doors opening and shutting and yeah. lights going off and on and things like that. But right after he died, a lot of people saw him. Oh, wow. Sort of doing things that were like very typical uh, gestures of his, like checking the set in like this really specific way and like being like hunched over like a set of lights that he would like always check. So, like, kind of doing these things that he would have been doing had he not died anyway. Yeah. So, it was like in some ways very terrifying because you're like, well, when am I going to see Roy like just pop up? But also very, like, 
healing in a way to like see him sort of still watching over the show yeah as we like tried to move on in his honor so maybe he was just showing himself to people that really didn't heal from his passing yeah i mean it was so sudden and so sort of like there was so much guilt wrapped up in it because people had been out with him that night and then he like went back to the hotel and he was alone and there's a lot of guilt kind of in there so i think it was like those are things you can't control i know and it was like obviously i was terrified because i don't want to see a ghost but (laughs) i think for most people i'm sure with a presence like his it was like very you know healing yeah it was very you know positive yeah so oh wow yeah but it's for sure haunted <laughs> wow, so that is your like yeah was that your first full body no that wasn't your first full body that apparition was that my, you witnessed that was the first something that i uh that was a person that i knew so that mm-hmm. i couldn't like explain it away yeah because i think anytime you see like uh a demon or a ghost or anything like that that's like kind of more nebulous you can kind of explain it away a little easier like well I must have just eaten something or I must have been like tricked by the light or whatever it may be the way that I saw Roy and the way that people were describing him it was like crystal clear as easily as I can see you it wasn't Mm -hmm. like he was even like see through or shiny or like ghost misty like it was Roy. Roy in his jeans and his shirt and his New York cap like yeah so really like crystal clear definitive like oh shit that's a person that like and i when i saw him i did say like out loud like in shock like roy you can't be here (gasps) that was like my my gut reaction because i like saw him yeah it wasn't like he like faded away into the light it was just like he was there and then he wasn't (gasps) just like Wow. Like a, it, That's so yeah. crazy. So. Wow. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but there is like the tradition of a theater having a ghost light because all theaters are like kind of haunted. So. They are. They always play host. Mm, That's mm-hmm. why I mentioned in the intro, like there's Ooh. this thing <laughs> with theaters playing host to, to ghosts that range mm-hmm. in every sort of caliber, whether it's like the precocious, the frightening, the tragic. Totally. Um, the founder who goes back there and is working there even mm-hmm. in his afterlife. Mm-hmm. And we will learn more about this in these theaters. Yes. Oh, yeah. Host to ghost. Yeah. Love that. Thank you for sharing. Yeah, of That's course. a really cool story. I have mine. Um, if you want to listen to it, it's on um, Frights Out, Lights Out. Love it. I submitted my own theater ghost story to them. So take a listen. It's really it's really cool, guys. But yeah, mine was um, I was working in a summer stock theater. It's always Summerstock. In university, I was assisting this costume designer for Summerstock shows. We were doing Camelot, and we were building costumes. And I was in the front foyer because we had no room. Mm-hmm. When you're building medieval costumes, you need, oh, like, yeah. <laughs> all oh, this yeah. table space. And in the corner of my eye, I just kept on seeing, like, what looked like a figure of a man. And I thought it was the artistic director, and he was, um, because I saw him go up the stairs, so I thought maybe he came back down, but he was just staring at me, and I was like, why is he staring at me? And I turned around, and he wasn't there, and then I remember turning my back at the staircase at one point when I was in the front foyer, and then I see the artistic director coming down, and I just asked him, hey, were you just downstairs a moment ago? He's like, no, I I just came out of a meeting. Mm-mm. Yeah, and then, and then like Marie, this other assistant who joined me in the front foyer, like noticed that I kind of looked shook, you know. And she asked me, you know, what's going on. And I told her, you know, I, I when I started cutting fabric in this front foyer, I felt like I was being watched. No. And I kept on seeing a this outline of a man in black with a black mustache. And he, she said, black hair. Yes. Oh yeah, I've seen him. No. No, Marie. 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 And she's like very like, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) she's a mom. She wouldn't she wouldn't make up something like this. Mm -hmm. And she even mentioned to me before that she has um, that special veil, that special vision. So um, I go back into the theater. We're eating. No, not in theater. The costume shop. We're done cutting and um, we're having lunch. And Marie then tells the ladies, oh, Tammy saw Bob. I'm like, Marie, now there's a name. Don't name them. No. <laughs> oh, you saw Bob. So everybody's like, oh, you saw Bob. Because everyone has worked in mm-hmm. Summerstock for so long. And this was my first time. Like, who is Bob? And um, right after I asked that question, um, I believe it was the props director came in. 
because she was joining us for lunch. You're like getting so nervous. I just feel like I can plug myself in this story because I've heard that yes. this is so summer stock. This you know is what so I mean? summer stock. Yeah, so like, the props de- uh, designer or director comes in and then um, Charlotte, who is our designer, tells her, oh yeah, Tammy saw Bob. Oh, it was like this initiation. Yeah, it's like a rite of passage. It is. <laughs> I love it. And she's like, oh, you saw Bob. And I said, yeah, so who... Who's Bob? Who who is this Bob? Mm-hmm. And then um, she goes on to tell me that Bob was the lighting designer. He had spent many many years mm-hmm. at the school, especially with Summerstock. He was her mentor, Aww. and he passed when she went into the master's program at the school. And this was a school in New Orleans, guys. So um, she goes on and tell me that you know she took it really hard too because he was her mentor. I think he died um, of a heart attack or he had cancer. No, he had cancer. He died of cancer and it took him quickly. Wow. And so she leaves the city. She goes off and does her work. She comes back a few years later and she's working in the props room, which is right next to the lighting booth. Wow. And she said that people had crazy stories of the lighting booth and that she would hear Bob's voice, that Bob would be in constant communication. And at first she would be freaked out, but then she realized, no, Bob is like looking out for me. Mm -hmm. There are times where she would be looking for a tool and she's like, where's that Dremel? Dremel will fall down to the ground. Oh, here it is. Thanks, Bob. Yeah, that's how crazy it was. And then she's like, yeah, Bob was always in black because that was his theater uniform. Tech, yeah. That's tech. And I had said, did he have like a black mustache and black? And then before I could even fucking finish, black hair? Yeah, that's Bob. You oh saw my Bob. God. Oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. I freaked out. I was, I was like, I was confused, but I was excited, but confused because I really didn't see a full body. I just sure. could see it in the side, like the, like on my peripheral. Like I was just like, uh, if I turned, it was gone, but I could, I felt like some, someone sure. was watching me sure. cut this fabric. Oh. Yeah. all right guys so let's head into the pantages all right because this is a crazy theater so the pantages theater circuit had been built on vaudeville and the new hollywood theater programmed first run movies alternating through the day with the real life vaudeville acts for the first two years so you can watch a movie and then the break of the movie during intermission you'll get these like live performances love it but like other theaters during the great depression it was forced to economize and therefore operated primarily as a movie theater. Though live entertainment was presented occasionally, Alexander Pantages sold the Hollywood landmark in 32 Mm. to Fox West Coast Theaters. Now in 1949, Howard Hughes acquired the Hollywood Pantages for his RKO theater circuit and moved his personal offices to the building's second floor. From 1949 to 1959, the theater hosted the American Motion Picture Industries Annual Academy Award Ceremonies. So that's the thing, guys. Lots of people have reported seeing ghosts here, and one of the ghosts has even been heard singing through a microphone on stage. And of course, it's Howard Hughes. Oh my God. He's not the one singing. Howard Hughes may not have died here, but it's reported that he was his happiest here. Mm. And there has been a lot of Howard Hughes sightings. Now, Howard Hughes, guys, was an American business magnate, investor, record-setting pilot, film director, and philanthropist known during his lifetime as one of the most financially successful individuals mm. in the world. Not to mention he was kind of a fuckboy of Hollywood. Uh, yes. Let's be real. He was the fuckboy of Hollywood. Sure. His past arm candies and or girlfriends or hookups included Rita Hayworth, Catherine Hepburn, Ava Gardner, and much, much more. There were a lot more. (laughs) He is um, definitely, you know, depicted by Leonardo DiCaprio in the movie The Aviator. Yes. Yes. So his apparition was seen one day by a workman when the building was being renovated. Apparently, he was seen to walk over the scaffolding and onto the balcony when the workman asked Hughes what he wanted. He just vanished into thin air. Ew. (laughs) Hughes has been seen on many occasions wearing his smart suit. He seemed to be roaming around the area where his old office once was. So Hughes' spirit is not only seen, but he's also very much felt. Many of the staff here report a feeling a gush of cold air whiz right past them when they're in the office, even when the air conditioner isn't on. Occasionally, the smell of cigar smoke is smelt all around, as well as unexplained banging noises like someone is opening and closing desk drawers. Oh my god. If I was there and the banging was happening, it's like, 
Howard, do you need help looking for a number two pencil? Yeah. Like, like what can I get you? What can I get you? What can I get you, Mr. Hughes? <laughs> Walking around in my Let little house. Yeah. Oops, I dropped my paper. Uh-huh. Yes. <laughs> but it isn't Hughes's ghostly voice that has been heard over the mic. A lady spirit keeps Hughes's company. It seems like after life, he has to have, sure. like, a girl sure, on his arm. Sure. When it's quiet and empty, the staff often hear a lady singing primarily from the stage area. There is a report of the staff setting up the stage and mics one evening before show. They were setting up the stage for a live performance and then they heard what sounded like a woman singing through the mics. And at first they thought it was the sound guy playing a track and they told him, hey, can you turn on the sound? And he said, look, the only things that are on are the mics and the lights in here. So there was no explanation for who or what was singing through the mics, but it sounded crystal clear, like a woman singing. So it appears that this woman is a lady spirit that is known as the Lady in Grey. Love it. And she is a kind soul, and there have been times that she has been seen by staff workers and other patrons. There is one account of a woman, a patron, who was heading into the theater. She was running a little late for the performances, and before she can open the door to the theater, the theater door opened and she saw a woman who looked and i quote not of this era gasp (laughs) gray dress the woman walked into the theater and when she turned around to say thank you to the woman dressed in gray it turned out that she disappeared right before her no yeah (laughs) i remember nick telling me a story Mm. about this but he was also telling me that he was in the theater one evening he was cleaning up and he saw what looked like a gray mist in one of the seats. Whoa. Yeah, he was freaked out about it. That's mm-hmm. why I was like, we gotta do something like this. We gotta mm-hmm. do an episode mm-hmm. of Haunted Theaters. All right, guys. So we're gonna leave the Pantages. Sure. Get ready. We're gonna walk further down Hollywood Boulevard. On your left is Katsuya. Ooh, yum. Yum. It's overpriced Hollywood sushi. Yes. The best kind. I know the best kind. Overpriced. Now we're gonna walk towards 6433 Hollywood Boulevard. This is the Warner Pacific theater and it's you know it's run down it's closed off right now so this theater opened its doors april 26 of 1928 so warner brothers production started here Mm -hmm. it started off of hollywood boulevard and it started back in 1923 by four warner brothers sam albert harry and jack warner so the brothers risked all they had and threw all their money, blood, sweat, and tears into this theater. Sam in particular was the driving force ahead and worked longer hours, and he was the hardest worker, worked harder than anybody else to get this theater up and running. Mm-hmm. So the doors finally opened to the showing of the jazz singer, but sadly, Sam was unable to see his dream come true. You see, he died just the day before the opening. <laughs> I know, so Sam had worked himself that hard that he had given himself cerebral hemorrhage and died at the age of 40 years old. Unfinished business. You guys, this is why we needed a hiatus. This is why (laughs) self-care is so (laughs) important. You don't want to work yourself to death. So it turns out that Sam was just as determined and hardworking in death as he was in life. He wasn't going to let the fact that him being dead stop him from being present at the grand opening of his theater, nor was he ever going to leave the theater. So the staff that had worked there in the office are used to seeing chairs moving back and forth by themselves. Sure, who wouldn't be used to that? Okay. (laughs) This chair is not supposed to be here. It's supposed to be stationed at an angle at this point. Oh my gosh. I can imagine him doing that. And the elevator randomly going up and down as well as knocking on doors and footsteps. The security guards at one point during the, I want to say the 50s and 60s, were very familiar with Sam. They often see the ghost of Sam walking around the lobby, pushing the button for the elevator, waiting for it, then climb in and go up a level. Even the public have reported seeing the ghost of Sam walking by the lobby right in the place his brothers dedicated a plaque and hung it on the wall in his honor. I know. So the theater is currently vacant and closed off today. As you guys can see, I wouldn't be surprised if a strip club or maybe a a nightclub would be built in its place. (laughs) That's that's what happens to Hollywood landmarks. All right, guys. So we're going to continue... Our walk down some more. Bryce, be careful. Don't step in that puddle. It's not water. Oh, it never is. It never is. So we're going to hit the Vogue Theater. Ooh. Ooh. This is off of Hollywood Boulevard. This is off of 6675 Hollywood Boulevard. This theater opened its doors in 1935. 
Back in the 1800s, the Vogue Theater sat beside Prospect Elementary School, which was just four rooms. This is a sad story. Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, no. In Hollywood, when when is it ever a good one? I mean, that is too real. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so here's the story. Mm -hmm. A fire broke out in 1901 and sadly 25 children. Oh, my God. And the teacher, Miss Elizabeth, perished in the burning building. Oh, my God. It's a horrible story. So this school was right next to the theater, but the theater was unaffected and still continued to host shows after this tragedy. This is just reports. Over 4,000 people have claimed to have had a paranormal experience here when the theater was open. (laughs) It's it's easy to see why the building was unoccupied during the 80s and 90s. So here's the deal. A whole audience, this is just a claim, a whole audience of 600 people one night before a performance they all claim to have seen a little girl ghost just skip across the stage and then just just disappear. Oh, my God. <laughs> this was speculation. So in 1997, a parapsychologist by the name of Dr. Larry Montz took over the closed building to house offices for his team that was the International Society of Paranormal Research. Mm-hmm. So for four years... They were there in that building, but before he bought it, he was unaware that the building was haunted. Uh, <laughs> should have done better research. Mont soon realized that it was indeed haunted and discovered that the ghosts were of six of the children that died in the fire, along with their teacher and two other adult ghosts. Yeah. So Fritz is one of the ghosts, the theater's old projectionist who's known to tinker around the movie reel when showings were on. Danny is the other ghost who died of a drug overdose here in the 70s. (laughs) Danny. And his ghostly apparition was often seen around the theater. Today, the theater is now a dance performance club called the Supper Club. No. That's it. No. You've been there too? So many times. You've been there. No. Oh my god, no. I'm surprised you didn't remember when we were right in front of this theater, Bryce. Look, I barely remember any of my times there, so... I remember a lot of the fights that would occur in the uh-huh. parking lot. A lot of the weed, the nails, the yeah, shoes. It's not classy. Let's just it is not there. a classy club, but oh it looks beautiful inside. Sure. It is gorgeous inside, so it's oh called the god. Supper Club. The creepiest. Oh no. I'm going to tell you <laughs> Have you used the bathrooms in there? Um, look, I do this thing where, <laughs> look, confession. It's going to get good, but. I, oh, <laughs> uh, God, I sound like such an alcoholic. I go to clubs, and then I don't remember them, and then I go back in, and I'm like, why am I having such aggressive deja vu? Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. So, yes, I have used the restrooms at Supper Club, but it's been a long time, and I don't remember. Okay. All right. So the creepiest thing <laughs> I found online while researching this club is that on the website Los Angeles Theaters, I think it's losangelestheater.blogspot.com. Oh, sure, sure, sure. You see pictures of the theater going through some serious renovations. Uh-huh. All right, it's all on here, guys. I'm going to find that um, link so I could put it on our show notes. Love it. And one of the pictures... I think it was taken by the bathrooms, but you can clearly see what looks like four large orbs in the pics. And you know it's not dust because it's not seen in any of the other pictures oh. of their um, progression shots. Oh my God. You can, I'm going to po- post it on Instagram. Yeah. But it is. That's crazy. It's insane. It's, you clearly see one ginormous orb. It's uh. like they're like, hey, are you in line? You know, to, it's right there on the corridor in front of the men's and women's restrooms. Look, if I've had to say it once, <laughs> I've had to say it a thousand times. Go s- stop watching me pee. Thank you. Ugh. <laughs> I always feel like someone's yes. watching me every time I try to pee. All right, so now we got to walk some more, guys. On your left is Ripley's, believe it or not, and we're going to cross the street on Hollywood and Highland. Now, guys, feel free to stop and take pictures with the Hollywood impersonators. I hope you brought some singles because uh, they get a little antsy if you don't tip them, especially Batman. And ladies, (laughs) be careful with Captain Jack Sparrow. He's a little touchy-feely. FYI. I always feel so bad when I see like tourist families talking to the like street performers. I'm oh, like, don't don't do it. Don't do it. My mom 
No. Oh, let me tell you a quick story. My mom, when we first visited Hollywood before I moved here, my mom was desperate to find the Cinderella character. Mm-hmm. And I was like, why, God, one, they smell, and two, they're yeah. very aggressive. Yeah. And she was in the middle of taking pictures with this one family, and my mom, just like, being my mom, she just interrupts her, and she's like, I want to take a picture with you, and the woman just turns around and aggressively tells her, one moment, and it will be $5. And I'm like, looking at my mom like, I would leave. Uh-huh. I would freaking leave. I would just like, fuck you, bitch. Like, uh-huh. are you serious? But no, my mom was like destined to take a picture with her to show her grandchild that she took a picture with Cinderella. All right. I just have to interject. (laughs) Here's a little PSA from Uncle Bryce to our friendly listeners. If you come to Hollywood, first of all, give us a shout out. We'll say hey at Starbucks. Hey. Second of all, you are not obligated to give money to anybody on Hollywood Boulevard. No. They are not licensed by the city. They are not licensed by Hollywood. They are not a business. So you, if they hand you a CD, you don't owe them money. If they hand you merchandise, you don't owe them money. If they take your photo, you do not owe them money. Sure, if you want to tip them, if you want to give them some money, that is definitely your prerogative. Mm-hmm. I would recommend against it. But you do not owe anyone on Hollywood Boulevard anything. Like, the number of times that I'm, like, just trying to get to work, walking my way down the stars. Because you would take the subway and it would stop in Hollywood and Highland. And, girl, you're brave. I mean, you have to just put on, like, look, if you are there to take pictures with the characters, to, like, see the stars, to go to Madame Tussauds, more power to you. I've been here long enough that I'm just trying to get to work. So, like, mm-hmm. I got to put on, like, my battle face. I look mean. I walk with, like, a purpose. And you they, for to. the most part, yeah. don't bother me because I try to, like, look as angry as possible. <laughs> but gotta work with the just, like, a tiny little PSA. There have been so many times where I've, like, seen these families and these people, you know, I get it. They're trying to make a living, too. We're all in the hustle. But they're, like, accosting these, like, unsuspecting tourists who e- are either very friendly and think that like you know naively oh i'll just like smile and be nice don't engage unless no. you were prepared for the whole ordeal no. and if you are that's great if you want a photo definitely more power to you i'm not saying like don't talk to them or don't like engage with them but just be aware that like if you take a picture with them if you like take any of their merchandise they're gonna want money for that they and they're will gonna be follow aggressive. you yeah. several city blocks so just you know be aware and it's not a sponsored no. thing so it's not like you're going to like the actual Madame Tussauds where you're like getting pictures of the wax mm-hmm. you're getting a picture with someone who just like us is in the hustle in the struggle mm-hmm. they're gonna want that paper they, gonna, they want a dollar at least a dollar yeah. yeah and if you're aware of that more power to you I having to see them every day am just like not there for it so just be aware of that PSA yeah. over <laughs> Thank you for this. Uh, yeah, I know. Thank you for this TED talk. This little trigger <laughs> and that's like on my no, little soapbox. No, it's so true. I was like so thrown off. I really yeah. wanted to throw something at Cinderella. And that's miles. Honestly, I've yeah. seen way Oh worse. yeah, well there's been like, you know, accounts of them, you know, getting into fights oh, and yeah. being arrested oh, yeah. with tourists and with each other. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a, it's a battlefield out there. It really is. It, yeah, they it is no bueno there, guys. So So come visit Hollywood. <laughs> come Hollywood. I say, you know, it's good to see it once. Yeah. But because we work in that area, it's not, I mean, it's like nothing but the smell of piss and weed in the air. It's really disgusting. Literally watch the, like watch where Mm -hmm, you're walking. mm -hmm. (laughs) That puddle of water, that's not a puddle of Mm -hmm. water. It's a puddle of piss. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It is, it is not what it used to be in the forties. No, God, no. God, no. All right, guys. So we're heading to the most famous theater. Of them all. It's the Groman Chinese Theater. Yes. It's right next to Meta Tussauds. It's at 6925 Hollywood Boulevard. So this theater opened its doors in May of 1927 and was created by Sid Groman. So this was um, the last of his four theaters. So Sid planned something so unique and magnificent inside and out that would outshine all the other theaters in Los Angeles. So he and architect Raymond Kennedy chose a Chinese temple as inspiration mm-hmm. and created a soaring 90-foot pogado 
adorned with a 30-foot dragon ceremonial mask and topped with an ornate copper roof. Mm -hmm. But it is the forecourt that makes this the most famous movie theater in the world. That's where Groman displayed the most ingenious idea, concrete blocks with the hand and footprints of famous movie stars. One of them being Grand Dame Marilyn Monroe. Oh, yes. But it seems as though Grumman never left the theater and stayed there in his afterlife. Now, I'm not going to go into detail about all the haunts because I came across this one story on creepyghoststories.com by a gentleman who took a tour of the theater that he would never, ever forget. So this story is going to include everything that is just it makes up the perfect haunt of a theater. So here's his story. In the early summer of 1992, I received a private tour of the Chinese theater with a small group of historians. Our guide escorted us through the inner sanctum upstairs above the auditorium where Groman's private office had a beautiful view of the forecourt. Down the hall, the original projection booth is now the Cafe Lounge, a private screening room where celebrities can slip in and out to watch a film unnoticed. Downstairs, we were shown the detailed lobby in the massive auditorium where Sid staged his famous live prologues before the movie, often with up to 200 actors in the cast. Today, a giant movie screen takes up most of the original stage. There's a small backstage area where they used it for storage, and our guide invited us to check it out. Backstage at Grumman's Chinese? I was in, the only one. I scrambled onto the stage, and behind the movie screen, I hoped to spot an incredible remnant of the past, maybe a souvenir program, a newspaper clipping, a lipstick that somehow had been overlooked. Girl, don't pick up that lipstick. Girl, yeah, (laughs) that is not for you. No, but there were only boxes of mundane supplies, a.k.a. toilet paper, light bulbs, etc. I climbed down and joined my friends in the middle of the auditorium. Just as I arrived, our guide, out of the blue, said, you know, this place is very haunted. (laughs) When they say that. I love that they wait until you're off the stage. Off the stage. Oh, by the way. You're backstage. (laughs) With that, all six of us were silently compelled to, to turn back to the stage. Where I had stood, a section of the heavy ceiling to floor drape was violently shaking. No. We could see the impressions of unseen hands in the velvet as it jerked back and forth hard. We stared in silence until I stammered the classic phrase, do you see what I see? All five managed to say yes. I felt tremendous anger from the shaking that someone was telling me I invaded his territory. It was meant to frighten me, and it surely did. I set a new land speed record that day (laughs) running to the the lobby. (laughs) Poor guy. Our guide then shared that when he first started working for the theater, he discovered secret rooms behind the wall. And this is true. Stop. So Sid built salons for private parties after a premiere or the Oscars where he would cater to his famous friends where they could, you know, comfortably celebrate. He hid buzzers uh, near lamps in the lobby to signal people inside to open the secret panel. So sadly, these rooms have long been sealed and all the buzzers disconnected. But for some reason, that didn't matter. No. For for weeks, our guide, for weeks, our guide heard buzzers in his upstairs office. He thought it was an irant like office intercom. Eventually, he realized it was the buzzers for the secret salons coming from inside the sealed rooms. Oh my god. Naturally, I hope this was the ghost of Sid. After all, he loved this place so much. I asked another employee, you mean Fritz? She said, Fritz, it seems, worked for the theater, so they had another Fritz working there. Mm -hmm. No one is sure about this particular entity. Apparently despondent, Fritz had hanged himself inside the theater. Mm -hmm. Since then, his presence has been felt throughout the theater. Everybody knows him, and no one is frightened of him. Oh, and guess where Fritz chose to be dead? Behind the movie screen. I had invaded someone's territory. Oh my god. Fritz, why? <laughs> so he experienced the ghost of the supposed Fritz. So mm-hmm. this is a good um, like detail explanation of what was inside the theater, how it is right now, and the haunts. Oh my god. So guys, this is the Chinese theater. Okay guys, so real quickly, let's go across the street, Bryce, since um, there is a Starbucks a block away towards the Sunset Boulevard. Let's grab a nice coffee, take a quick break, and hop into an Uber to Pasadena Playhouse. Oh my god, yes. Right after this short promo. Psst, Bryce. 
Hey, girl. Do you know what an RSS feed is? Uh, really smooth Starbucks? <laughs> I, I thought the same thing, too, but nope. It's really simple stuff, or ah. according to Wikipedia, it's a really simple syndication. Right. That's the thing that Blueberry provided us with when we started our podcast. <laughs> yes. Let's be real. None of us knew where to start out while mm-hmm. creating our podcast in the beginning, and Blueberry helped us out a I lot. I know. They seriously make everything easy for us podcasters. Blueberry hosting is highly optimized for using WordPress with PowerPress. Blueberry makes publishing your podcast in three easy steps. Step one, produce your podcast. Mm -hmm. Two, write your blog post. Three, publish. It's like a recipe. WordPress plus PowerPress plus Blueberry hosting equals success. Mm, I like that, a recipe. Hosting with Blueberry also allows you to be in control. Plus, there are no third-party sites to log into, no contracts, so you can cancel anytime. It's optimized for iTunes and creates support for all platforms. So, if you're browsing for a new hosting site or if you're planning to start your own podcast, then Blueberry is the perfect place. Head on over to our website, hollyweirdparanormal.blueberry.net. Scroll down our blog post and click on the Blueberry tab link. And use our promo code WEIRD if you're interested interested in receiving a free month by signing up with blueberry.com free is a good thing start creating with blueberry.com all right but now i am craving starbucks <laughs> let's go all drive yes all right guys welcome to pasadena we Ooh, just t- took a parakeets nice everywhere. i know parakeets and mountains <laughs> that was a nice little uber ride that took us 40 minutes not I bad know. we're broke now it's fine <laughs> So uh, just to let you know, Pasadena is a sprawling suburb outside of L.A., and we make our way towards the infamous Pasadena Playhouse. So it all started in 1917, guys. Brown had a group called the Gilmore Brown Players. And at the time, Pasadena was a small town of farmers and rich vacationers, so the group were, were performing in old houses and old burlesque houses at the time. So luckily, Pasadena loved their performances so much, as well as their performers and fans donated a playhouse in 1924. Damn. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. So at the time, it was known as the Pasadena Community Playhouse, and it was the most advanced theater on the west side of the Mississippi. With all of the success of the group and the city, George Bernard Shaw called Pasadena the Athens of the West. There are more claims of paranormal activity here in this theater than anywhere else. So they claim that uh, Gilmore Brown and another entity seem to be roaming around the playhouse. But here's the thing. Aside the playhouse, there is a little area next to it called the Carrie Hamilton Theater. Mm -hmm. And the workers feel that this is the creepiest part of the playhouse. So on the third floor is the library slash VIP room. This is what used to be Gilmore Brown's office. So there's a rumor he doesn't like it when people are in his desk. They're sitting there. Some people have felt like someone's shaking them out of the chair oh <laughs> when you're sitting by his desk. No. In addition to this, um, there's a haunted trash can, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> well, of course. It sounds silly, but a couple of paranormal groups have seen this trash can move by itself during investigations. Also, there's a ghost of a cat that is said to be there. So probably it's, you know, Gilmore Brown's cat when he used to have his pet cat with him while watching rehearsals. And there was this little tidbit that Gilmore Brown would bring his cat to dress rehearsals. Mm -hmm. If the cat turned his back to the stage, that means that the show was shit. Oh God! So he would be like, he'll look at the cat like Mister, Mister Brojangles, like you don't like the show, then we're gonna have to redo this whole thing again. <laughs> my eyes could not be rolling further in my head. Just God, is there any length that producers and directors won't go to like debase actors? God. I know. I'm gonna use my cat as you know second in <sighs> command here. Sure, go for it. That just shows you where actors are on the totem pole. Like, exactly. Whenever people start getting an attitude, I'm like, good luck. No, (laughs) you're less than his cat. (laughs) Meow, meow. Yeah. So down in the green room, it's reported that rooms number four and six are haunted. Actors have complained they felt touching when no one's there. They felt like they were being watched. The lights turn off and on by themselves in these rooms. Down the hall in the shower rooms, no. Um, one performer claimed that someone was touching his hair 
in the shower. No me toque. No. <laughs> no, 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 no. Don't invade my personal space. Ew. No, when they touch you. Not in the shower, Oh, ghosts. take off my earrings. Excuse me. No, 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 no. What was that? If you go back to our episode with Katie. Oh, I respect you. I acknowledge you. Just please respect my space. Yes. I say that mantra too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even yeah. before that episode, every time I would go into a, a place that has a lot of haunted history, that is a mantra I would always say like, hey, if you want to communicate with me, you know, you could talk to me, you could show yourself. I'm fine. Do not fucking touch my hair. Do, Do not, not touch, touch my me. hair. <laughs> yeah. That's the thing. It's like, if you want to dabble, I'm obviously like a little bit more scared, but if you do want to just protect yourself, y'all. Like, Yeah. And I always say that. And I have seen things in the corner of my eye. I've seen things I can't explain, but they never touch me. But nice. you got to, you got to, you know, lay the law down with Just them. like with ex-boyfriends. Ex- <laughs> Don't touch me. Don't, Don't touch, touch my me. hair. Don't text me. Thank you. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Yeah, they. That was the craziest note that I've seen. Was like touching his hair in the shower. Ew, oh, no. That is dude. too personal. Unless you're putting product in my hair, th- maybe. Unless, <laughs> I mean, unless you're the ghost of Rock Hudson, do not touch my hair in the shower. I don't care. No, no. Oh my god. Of course, it would be Rock Hudson. Oh yeah, he can touch whatever he wants. It's fine. Oh, you're like, mm-hmm. Your hands. I'm garbage. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, or the ghost of Heath Ledger. Ooh. I'm fine. Oh, Ooh, bless. bless. Oh, yeah, him. I know. I know. I miss him, too. You can touch my hair. So down the hall in the wardrobe room, which is used to be um, is used to be the costume room, um, people have said they've seen spirits of women making costumes. Aww. I would like to say no, because if you've seen workers in a costume shop, they look like an extra from Fear the Walking Dead or something. <laughs> they do, yes. They have been working... Many hours. Uh-huh. <laughs> Let me tell you my experiences. Uh-huh. Like, yeah, I mean, there have been times where it's like, it's I sew this and finish this costume where I actually sleep. I think mm. I'm gonna finish sewing it. Yeah, so I do look like I'm. Yeah, I'm missing, you know, extra from Night of the that. Living Dead or something. I love it. <laughs> oh my God. I would, I would have to kind of discredit that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, um. There is also this interesting story about a young carpenter who was a graduate student from a nearby university, and he was um, by himself in the theater striking what was left over on set. And there is this large piece of wood that he had a tough time moving out of the theater. Hmm. So mind you, he is by himself in this building. And he was struggling to carry out this piece, and at one point, he felt as though someone was behind him. Before he can stop and turn around, he felt the weight of the wood lighten more. And he heard what sounded like footsteps behind him. And he booked it out of there. He just dropped everything. He booked it out of the theater. He waited to see if there was someone following him. So he waited outside and waited outside. He called his boss. He's like, hey, is, are you here? Is anyone in the theater? The boss has said, no, you were the only one that I had given the extra keys to. No one should be there besides you so he soon realizes guys like he immediately collects himself he's like wait 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 hold on homeboy ghost was helping me move this huge board should i leave and be scared or should i ask him to help me move the rest of the set i'm gonna lean towards to help me move the rest of the set so he goes back in he was like hey like it's cool that you're here thank you for helping me but can you like tone it down a bit (laughs) So supposedly there's this helpful ghost in the theater that helps the tech guys. That's sweet. You know, move things in and around. Oh my god, I hate that, but that's so that's sweet. sweet. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> Another claim too is the spirit of George Reeves. Oh wow. As we discussed in episode, I think it was three. Yes which is our, the OG Superman. So George Reeves was a huge actor in the mm-hmm. Pasadena Playhouse. This is where he started. And he was very precocious on movie sets than he was like in theater. So people believe that he's the precocious ghost in oh. these rooms, moving things around, touching people, especially the women. He was a bit of a womanizer. George. So that is another speculation that he might be like, the cause of all the, like, the precociousness wow. that is occurring there. The mischievous, you know, doings of this, you know, invisible entity. Oof. I know. <laughs> that does it sound. George, no. No, Jorge, no. 
All right, guys. So that concludes our tour of yes. famous haunted Hollywood theaters. Let us know if you have a couple of haunts of your own. Please send them our way yes. at hollywoodparanormal at gmail.com. You can hear me really freak out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the trail of tears. Never yes. forget. Jonathan. Also, we have some spiritual bays of the Yay. week that we want to definitely give a shout out to. So the first one, this is a really great group of guys. The More Gooder Podcast. <laughs> it's a weekly podcast in which they rate and dissect pop culture one argument at a time. Chris, Donnie, and Corey will each take a stance on a movie, actor, character, episode, or whatever else they feel like defending and try to determine whose side is the most goodest. After it. the hilarity concludes, hopefully they'll both have entertained and educate their listeners with their opinions at least. The second one is the Sinister Hood Podcast. And the Sinister is made up of three comedians, Darcy, Christy, and Heather. These Khaleesi's are fascinated by the world of true crime, cults, and creeps. They're new and pretty dope. Go definitely check them uh, out, guys. They're really cool, and they're really visible on Instagram. I've been chatting with them. They're really, really awesome. Cool. They've also given us a little shout-out, too. So they are very, very Hi. sweet. Hi! So, guys, if you love Holly Weird Paranormal, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and give us a review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps us mm -hmm. out a lot. It helps us become a little more visible. You can definitely find us at Holly Weird Paranormal on Facebook and Instagram. And if you want to stalk us on Twitter, we're at HWP Podcast. And if you want to send us a little hello, personal hello, and what's up, you can find us at HollyWeirdParanormal at gmail.com. So we have a very special package Gosh. coming in a couple of days, guys. We have a very cool package. Mm -hmm. It's from Paranormal Supplies. Hi. Find them on Instagram. Stalk them, please. Yes. Especially if you're a future ghost hunter or if you want to dabble in that art. They're amazing. They're going to send us two surprises. Oh, my God. You definitely want to follow us on Instagram mm -hmm. and Facebook and Twitter. I'm not just saying that just so we could get like the follows, guys, yeah. because we're not. No, 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 no. Like you have no idea the goodness that is coming to yeah. us. Yeah. Bryce is a little afraid. It's about to get real, <laughs> real scary. But I've been talking to Tim from Paranormal Supplies and we're going to have a drawing soon yes. of this one amazing thing that he's giving us. I'm a little scared. But it's really cool. Yes. So tune in to our next episode. I think we're going to be doing the true crime and paranormal aftermath of, I don't know. Uh, I was like, <laughs> oh, I'm excited to hear. I'm confused. I'm kind of torn. I'm kind of torn yeah. between two people right now. So you're going to have to follow us, guys, yes. to find that out. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. Much love. And always remember to stay weird. Never be basic. Stay weird. Yes. Yes. Bryce, you want to say anything? Uh, bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Don't stay by yourself in a the theater. Bye. Oh, real. <laughs> bye, guys.